Five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Anyway, let's look at uh, this really good ad from the Salvation Army, a holiday tribute to the families we serve. When they're afraid of eviction, but not of hard work, they keep it going. When cupboards are empty, but wish lists are full, they keep it going. Your monthly donations through the pandemic have helped rescue Christmas for families in need. But now more than ever, we need your help to keep it going. When you give $25 a month, you help families stay in their homes. Thanks to you, hope marches on. There you go. Oops, I missed the pause button. Anyway, um, it's a really good message. I can't get it. When there's Just can't get it to stay over here. YouTube is a slippery little devil. That's almost it. There you go. You need a longer tagline in your commercial. Anyway, uh, there's an article, nice article in the will be in the show notes. Always available every day over at wdma.org. You can get all the articles that I talk about. Uh, this is by Hyperworld. Um, from my friend uh, Ask over at Adland TV. She always has some great features. It's a really, really great site. Um, anyway, it's it's a tribute to the families. The, the uh, uh, Salvation Army serves. It was shot on location with actual, actual uh, people that are working with the Salvation Army and shot on location in uh, Chicago. Um, to reveal the magic moments. Okay, so it's it's really good, and um, and so anyway, you should check that out. Black Friday numbers. Okay, why the Black Friday numbers are a little bit gray, and here it shows. You know, this has been the growth since 2016. Now remember, you know, Cyber Monday or that kind of stuff didn't even wasn't you know online sales wasn't even measured until 2009 okay so it's not surprising it's been growth 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 you know it's another one of the sort of the cherry picking lies but notice this year it's actually not only it's just slightly down right just slightly down this is black friday sales the 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 uh orange and the white is cyber monday sales and both of them were just slightly down. Now, retail sales were up quite a bit. I don't know. I was looking for the number. We'll keep on this. But I just wanted to show you. I think it's really funny. In this article, uh, I'm not sure where this one was from. Uh, this was from Adobe Analytics. Uh, but on this article, it says, but, oh, sure. But if you look from November 1st through Cyber Monday, consumers spent $109 billion online, which is up almost 12%. From 2020. So, and if you notice, there were 100 and up the the out of stock messages online were up 170 <coughs> percent. So it's not our fault that we don't have any inventory, and it's not our fault that uh, people shopped earlier. Um, okay, yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, I've been in this business for 40 years. And you need to have the inventory. And you, unlike other businesses, can dynamically change your site and don't have to offer stuff that's out of stock. I was talking with my, my kids explaining that when somebody checks an item, 
uh, like on Land's End, if you if you bring up an item on your screen, don't even have to put it in your shopping cart, and that's the last one of that item, they will freeze that item. They will say no more of that. For every no one else will see any stock. Okay, even if they're going to buy, and even if you don't buy, okay, when you close out your your session, they'll release it again if you don't put it in your cart. But they won't. They don't want to have two people both buying the same item. That's the way a real system works. That's the way a good system works. I don't know how your system works, but there's just no excuse for this. 170 out-of-stock messages. You shouldn't be waiting until the consumer gets through the process to tell them, oh, gee, sorry, we don't have that one. Get it off your site. Take it down. That's, you know, cataloging, we're stuck. If we don't have enough, that's why it's very, very, very important to have robust inventory projection. And I did that for a few years for a few clients, too. It's, it's hard, but it's possible. Sounds like the dot-comers are the immature little crybabies that we've always thought, which that's what I think. Anyway, but here's the really telling graph. And this was from a really long article that basically had terrible graphs, mostly. But they got this one from Adobe Analytics. So I'll put this one up on the site. Look at this. U.S. consumer spending, 39, 33.9 billion, down from 34 billion. But look at this. This is the growth here. Growth, growth, growth. Growth has been consistently, whatever these, it runs over. Here's 25%. So must be about 20%. Uh, year over year over year over year. Okay, growth 20% per year. Zoop. Now look down. I had a friend, um, what was his name? Victor Shu, I think it was. And he was a professor of chemistry at Washington University, and he decided he wasn't making enough money. And he and he on his way to driving to school one day, he invented, you remember this is this is a prayer bracelet, but it kind of looks like he invented a plastic bracelet of multicolors. And uh, sold millions and millions and millions of them, little inexpensive bracelets. And, and they got to be really popular. I think Madonna would have like just hundreds on each arm. And um, that was one of his inventions. He had lots of them that he marketed. And what he did was he took the, <clears throat> he took the sale. He watched the sales. It would start slow, and then he would, it would go up like this. And as soon as it went, started to, to go like this, he would get out of it. Because what would happen is all kinds of competitors would come in and the market would be flooded. I remember going to a little dumpy gas station by my house. It's not there anymore, but dumpy little gas station. And they had the O-ring bracelets for, for pennies or whatever on the, on the, uh, you know, on the counter. And he said, I just, I mean, this is a very, very smart guy, professor of chemistry or something. Um, and he said, you know, I, I stay in it while it's growing and then I get out. So my advice to you guys is maybe it's time to get out of digital. <laughs> You're not going to hear that anywhere else. Okay, let's get over here. Now, this was a really good article from Adweek, okay? Jake McKenzie. This is, I don't think it's from the performance section of Adweek, but I've been, uh, they wanted to do an interview with me on, on direct mail of all things. Can you imagine? But anyway, CMOs should watch for these cognitive biases. What a great thing to watch out for. Okay, the average tenure of a CMO is dropping to 40 months. So you better guess right and you better guess fast. 
okay? But there are a lot of cognitive biases. This one is definitely the worst, okay? I've done some talks on JCPenney when they hired the guy from Apple, and he came in and he decided he was going to make pennies trendy for gays, which, you know, okay, that's a, that's a market. You know, if you read the tipping point, Hush Puppies got resurrected by a couple of gay guys in uh, Greenwich Village. So it's a thing, okay? I'm just, I was questioning at the time, and I did some articles on it, that 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 the gay market would gravitate to JCPenney because, you know, now I, got, I just got this new fleece from not Land's End. The turtleneck is Land's End. I'm loyal, but they didn't have, they didn't have my purple that I wanted, and so I bought two from this other company. And they're not, not not as nice as Land's End, but they're a little softer. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, so you asked me where did I get this? I don't even know where I got it. Uh, uh, where did you get that nice new fleece? I don't know. But can you imagine? You know, oh, I got it at Jacques Penet. <laughs> That's what my mother used to call it. Jacques Penet's. Where's that? I never heard of it. Oh, it's J.C. Penny. I just call it that. It sounds sophisticated. Anyway, so I never thought that it made sense. But even if it made sense, you know, a huge percentage of their market was people who stay, who who go buy something, you know, a, a new washing machine, and then buy a couple of shirts for Dad and a couple of pairs of pants for for little little Johnny and you know a new dress for Sally or something. And you know it was a family-oriented store, and 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 family-oriented organizations got just livid about it. And this guy from Apple just kept going, you know, and hiring spokespeople and 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 just really, really in your face, no testing, and and I I I researched it a lot because Penny's lost like four billion in sales, and. What they said about this guy was he didn't listen to anybody. He didn't ask anybody's opinion. He said it was like everyone thinks like we do. If there was one thing that did it in, it was just not listening to anybody. Okay, so there was a, I was once in a meeting of marketing executives for a major auto manufacturer about a coming digital marketing initiative. Some... I just wonder why they put this in there, digital, all the time. Uh, and some of the leadership had very strong opinions that didn't align with consumer research. So one of the executives asked out loud, when was the last time you shopped for a new car? As it turns out, none of the executives have ever shopped for a new car. It was part of an employer employment perk, right? You get a car, you work here, you get a car. That shut them up, and they started to actually listen to the presentation. Start every marketing session, especially if you tack in digital right here. Let's put that in, digital. Those are the people that need the humility, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's where digital belongs, not up there. <laughs> Start every digital marketing session with humility, that your growth is now, okay? And people are wising up to you, I have to tell you. Okay, here's another one. Commitment bias. If you get people to pick an answer, even if it's a 50-50 coin toss where you can't predict the future, they will defend that answer. And that's what I, you know, my experience in ad meetings was that, was that they, the ad community 
didn't want data. They didn't want testing because testing ruins this whole process. You know, that's what I always say when somebody says to me, well, what do you think if we do, you know, what do you think if we, if we would uh, go after a younger crowd with digital marketing and maybe stop mailing our catalog? I'd say, you know what, what I would do is stop mailing 10%. Cut out 10% in a very careful way. Do what's called a holdout test. And we'll see if those people do as well not getting a catalog as the people who, who get the catalog. Really? Yeah, you can do that. I don't say they're wrong. I don't say somebody's wrong to think digital is magic, is magic muffins that suddenly make everybody money. <laughs> if you think that, you, you might be right. There might be a, a context where it makes sense. Okay, but I've just seen over the years, over and over and over, I've been fighting this for 25 years. I've seen consistently that the customers are are far less loyal, far lower lifetime value, and the and the and the supposed gains are are ethereal. Okay, so but somebody once somebody offers an opinion, they're rooting for their opinion. So if a, if you're a leader, hold back your opinion or say, is there a way we can test that? That'll shut a lot of people up. Consistency bias, change is scary. Boy, that's true. <laughs> How did I get into this <laughs> into this live streaming? I don't know. Change implies that prior decisions have been wrong. Yeah, that's true. Oh man, Marcy, thanks for the nice message. Yeah, target pronunciation. Oh, Target. Yes, I remember Target and Jacques Penet. Those are my mom's two favorite stores. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I remember Esso, and uh, I remember a lot of things. I remember Dino the Dinosaur. <laughs> That's what people say about me. Anyway, many years after building a successful brand, eBay found out that it couldn't run its search campaigns. It was based, it's, it basically was based on paid search. Now, paid search is like, is like, you know, you type in, I don't know what, animal crackers, or... Or uh, or uh, Dino the dinosaur on on, e oh, on Google, and it'll say Dino the dinosaur collectibles are available on eBay or something like that. Now eBay paid for that. Well, they couldn't run that search campaign for a couple of days for some reason. It it pooped out, and the company's sales didn't change at all. That's because people like me who've been there since the, the since the mid 90s like eBay. Great pay podcast. Yeah, share it with your friends. I don't know how to do that, but when it ends, you can hit share somehow and send it to your friends. A share is worth like 20 likes. I heard that somewhere. Anyway, we do this every day. We do this crazy stuff, and you can even send me messages in the middle of it. <laughs> in his book, Think... Oh, I love this book. Thinking Fast and, and Slow, David uh, Kahneman, uh, he, he says... What you see, what you th here's the, the the cognitive bias. What you see is all there is, and he says lower funnel performance marketing ha is highly trackable, you know. But if you do lifetime value tracking the way I do it, EBITDA tracking year over year, five year window, you'll find out whether brand building works better or bottom line performance works better. You can actually figure that out. It'd be tricky. We'd have to talk. But companies have neglected because, you know, what they want to do is they want to run a special. 
I did a talk on testing once at the DMA in 1987, right after the market crashed. I happen to remember that. It was very poignant or something. I did a talk on testing, and I was up with a guy from Southwest Bell, I think. And he got up and he said, well, I did this. Then the next year I did this. And this were the results. And the next year I did this. And this were the results. And the next year I did this. And this were the results. Now, one valid test in the whole batch, you know. That's like comparing golfers from the 60s to golfers now. Who was better? You don't know. You'll never know, right? Or or baseball players. We were looking at, at batting champions uh, and uh, uh, Hornsby. I forget his name. Homer Hornsby something. Roger Hornsby, I think it was. You know, he, he, had, he won the batting titles with 400, uh, batting 400 plus. Imagine being the second guy who batted 375, which would have won almost any year since, and he didn't win. He got second. A couple of guys did that. Anyway, so you can't compare across time like that. You got to head to head, and but you can look at at long-term trends within customer segments acquired by different methodologies. So you can look at customers that came in through brand building, my majority brand building versus ones who didn't. You could even do a long-term test of brand building covers versus sale covers, right? Anyway, consumer commitment bias. It's one one that we think consumers care. (laughs) Don't lean too heavily on consumer research. (laughs) Customers first make decisions, then rationalize those decisions after the fact, right? And customers don't know what they're going to do next. Neither do you. So don't tell me that digital can predict what I'm going to buy. Okay. The, the Intermark group did a test of colas where both colas are from the same bottle. <laughs> and nearly every subject, when told that every that all the cola was from the same bottle, insisted this, the sodas were different. I saw a sommelier test like that. And this one of the sommeliers got so mad they walked out because <laughs> he was either convinced of his own palate or he was just mad. Consumers often don't have insight into their own decision making. Boy, is that ever true. Okay, so these are all great suggestions, but I think the first one is definitely the best. Everyone thinks like we do. The style consultant keeps telling me, don't think that people think like you do. <laughs> Nobody thinks like you do. Have a great day. Merry Christmas.